get ready to strap on your boots. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. Today I have a special guest, Christopher Howard. He is a best-selling author and the coach of coaches. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, man. Good to be here with you. Awesome. I noticed you are a black belt in a couple different uh, styles, right? Tell, tell me when, uh, when you got into black belt, karate, or uh, jujitsu, twin oh, yeah. dragon, kung fu, and Chinese goju. Like, I don't even know what those are. Explain to me, first of all, <laughs> what they are, how you got into them, and can you beat Chuck Norris or Jean-Claude Van Damme? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been in martial arts for about 40 years. I'm 51 this year. Uh, wow. Uh, started when I was 10 years old. Uh, I've, I've just always been into personal development of all sorts, but martial arts has definitely been there uh, present all through my life. Got my first black belt in Twin Dragon Kung Fu, and then uh, just got a black belt in Jiu Jitsu uh, in December. So oh, wow, that was that was recent then. So you just, you just you literally just got that at 51 years old. You're still get fighting the good fight. Yeah, there you go. Doing I'm not gonna best. mess. With, I'm not gonna mess with you, man. <laughs> All right, it's only over Zoom, so you could probably mess with me and get away with it. Right. That's great. So you've been doing it a long time. So I, I actually thought about doing like Taekwondo or something, you know, maybe halfway through my life, but I just never did it because uh, it's it's pretty intimidating. How do you get past the intimidation factor of, you know, fighting people, you know? Um, I, I, you know, I, first of all, I think it's worth it if you get a chance to do it. I, I highly recommend taking something up. Um, and, you know, the way I, I train, like I don't, when I was young, I used to train really hard and we used to beat the heck out of each other. But uh, these days, I just go in and get a good workout out of it. And um, so I probably changed in the way that I trained, but. Uh, it's probably a I, confidence booster too, right? Because like you feel strong, you feel like you could take on the world really, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's also a reality check because, you know, you, you know, you get the tar beat out of you on a daily basis. It's a reality check, but at the same time, yeah, confidence a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I would say it's probably the most instrumental thing that I've had in terms of building success that that's been a part of my life uh, has been my martial arts. That's awesome. And speaking of success, wh when was the first moment in your life besides martial arts that you realized that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and you realized that you had it in your DNA to be a successful business person. Well, do you know, do you know the moment when that happened? Um, you know, I, I never really wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just wanted to change the world, make an impact and live my dreams. And it wasn't until it was probably around 2000. Uh, well, no, that, probably around 1997, 1998 that I started thinking, okay, entrepreneurialism is the way to do all that. Um, I didn't realize that entrepreneurialism would be the structure and the scaffolding underneath the dreams. I just wanted to live the dream. So I kind of figured it out along the way when I was about 20, 26, 27 years old. I mean, was there a moment when you like hit a wall in the corporate world or was there a business opportunity that came your way? Was there something, was there a catalyst um, that, that, that kind of smacked you in the face and said, Hey, Christopher, you, you need to, you need to go on this path. Well, I would, you know, I worked for Club Med right out of high school. So I went and I worked in the hotel resort industry and it was pretty cool. That uh, must work. have been fun. I've seen the movie. Oh, <laughs> oh you saw the movie. If you saw Club the movie. Med, right. I mean, was it like the movie? I mean. <laughs> You're talking about the, there was a movie about Club Med with Jim Carrey. It was yeah, 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 yeah. Oh was, my God. <laughs> it's an old movie, man. It's a terrible movie. But, um, but, it, was, but it was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. And it was fun to work. It was even more fun. I would say it was even more fun working there than that movie made it look. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, but then I got, I turned 24 and I realized that at any point in time I could lose that job. They could go, you know, they weren't going to go under, but I realized I had no real control of my own life unless I, I, I struck out on my own. And so it was probably that would be the catalyst 
that caused me to say, you know, you've got to take charge of your own life. You've got to, you've got to own what it is that you're creating. That's a good way to put it. And when you decided to do that, what was your first kind of entrance into the entrepreneurship world? Like what was your first foray into the business? Like, did you well, start a business? Did you sell a product? Like, what did you? It was a harsh entrance because I, I left Club Med and I thought, okay, Chris, you're going to be, I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be all these things. And I went out and I, I, I decided I was going to write a book and I moved to, uh, my parents have a little house in Mexico. I moved down there. I was supposed to stay for three months. I ended up staying two weeks and ran out of money. And then I realized in Mexico, that's hard to do. So and that's hard to do in Mexico. I had to take a bus back with chickens on it. Oh my God. The typical, (laughs) you should have filmed it and made it a movie, man. You wanted to be an actor. That's a great uh, reel for your acting reel. There you go. There's a, there's a story to tell. Um, But I did make it back up to the border and then had to take a train to get back to LA. And uh, I got it. Such a great story. It reminds me of Cheech and Chong and stuff like that, man. (laughs) <laughs> I ended up waiting tables after that because I was just, I needed to get cash. And I was like, it was kind of a rude awakening because I expected it to be easy and it wasn't. And, um, that's, and a tip, I, that's a typical actor's world, right? They do, they wait tables till they get the big role, right? Is that what you were doing? You were, you were trying to get a big role? I, w- I was at the time. I thought, okay, if it's not writing a book, because that, that went the way it did, then it was going to be acting. And I got some roles and I got some things that came up. Nice. Uh, but yeah, but it was, it was, I, I didn't, I felt like I was living hand to mouth and it wasn't very satisfying. And so that's what got me into personal development. I was like, I, Chris, you got to change your life. And so I started reading books, going to seminars, and that gave me more of a foundation that I could start to build. And it was there that I also decided that you got to have an entrepreneurial structure underneath it. If right. you're really gonna- yeah. Because you know, what I teach is the lean, the lean methodologies, right? How to be nimble, how to iterate quickly, how to validate your concept, get feedback from people. When you first started doing that, you know, the coaching situation where you were trying to help people with their personal development, what kind of challenges did you face when trying to help your first couple of customers? Um, you know, there, there's obviously there's things that are related to the craft, you know, becoming better as a coach. So you've got to learn your craft. And, and, but that wasn't the real difficulty. The real difficulty was getting customers. Um, how did you get past that? What was, what, like, what was the, like, how did you get past the obstacles? Um, you know, I, I went out there and I, I kind of banged my head up against the wall for about two years, probably, um, trying to find people because I was trying to hunt people down and it's like hunt, finding the, the needles in the haystack. Things never really changed for me until I started speaking. And then when I started speaking, I was uh, on a stage. I had lots of people in an audience and then people came to me for coaching. And uh, so I wasn't out trying to hunt it down anymore, but it was more attraction based marketing at that point. What's one of the biggest things when you were seeing these people or finding these people, they were coming to you. What were they asking you for? Oh, I got all sorts of things. And the, the, you know, I got into the field and I was uh, early on, I was uh, teaching clinical hypnosis across North America. So I got trained up in hypnosis, got trained up in neuro-linguistic programming. So I was helping people with performance breakthrough type technologies. Um, and when I got into the field, I really expected I'd be helping people to have career breakthroughs and things like that. But Along the path, I realized that there were people that wanted health breakthroughs. And I worked with, you know, throughout my coaching career, I worked with things from helping people that had cancer to people that had epileptic seizures to, you know, everything you could possibly imagine. So uh, while right in my wheelhouse and the sweet spot on the diving board for me has been career breakthroughs, turning passions into profits, I, I realized that there were all these people that wanted so much more. 
And interestingly enough, the tools that I was learning were tools that could help with that stuff as well. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you also struggled quite a bit when you were learning how to do all this stuff. I mean, was there a moment when you were, you know, hitting these walls and you were trying to break through them and you, and you just couldn't and you wanted to give up and throw in the towel? And if so, what got you through it to, to you know, to succeed? There was never a moment where I wanted to give up. Um, that just wasn't an option. And I was clear about that right from the beginning. I kind of followed that Napoleon Hill philosophy of burning the ships behind you. There is no retreat. There is no plan B. This is what it's going to be. And that's the number one thing that I did that caused me to create success over the years, because there were many opportunities where I could have veered from the path, but I made the decision, you know, if you take piano lessons for 20 years, eventually you're going to be pretty good. I figured if I stick with this long enough, eventually I'll be successful. So never a moment I, I would give up. There were challenges. There were challenges there. I mean, I had times where I was eating every third day where they cut my uh, gas and I was microwaving buckets of water to wash my hair. I mean, there were times where it was really tough. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you, how do you pick yourself back up from a rock bottom like that? I mean, it sounds pretty rough to, it sounds like, you know, like some third world country almost, you know, like, how do you, how do you, how do you wake up the next day and say, you know what, today's going to be a better day. I'm going to, I'm going to eat a good meal today. You know, like what, <laughs> Um, I never considered it to be rock bottom along the path. I just, you know, I, I adopted the philosophy that there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. And if I keep adjusting, eventually I'll elevate it. And I was young at the time too. I was, you know, 25, 26 years old. I was 25. That helps. Yeah. So I had, my risk tolerance was higher, right? So I was willing to do things that perhaps today would be uh, just not acceptable. Right. And I'm sure those ramen noodles tasted really good back then. Oh, I had my share of those for sure. We all did. We've all been there. And right? uh, it sounds like also, not only did you talk to a lot of people, but I'm sure you had a lot of mentors or at least one mentor that helped you along the way. Uh, early on in my career, I had some mentors give me some really fantastic advice. Was there a person that gave you some advice that changed, you know, the way you thought or made a paradigm shift for the way you did business that really, you know, just changed everything? Yeah, there were a number of mentors along the way. Um, and, uh, you know, so I was constantly looking for the next guide. Um, I had mentors from a sales perspective. I had mentors from a coaching perspective that I plugged in with. Um, people that I, a lot of people were people that I was taking seminars from and learning from. And then I do deeper dives into what they were doing. So I'd go and work for them after I took their seminars. So that oh, nice. I, so yeah. you like, so you were like an intern almost, right? Or you would get paid? 100%. I think that's one of the absolute best ways to learn whatever the craft is or the field you're looking to get into. I think that's, that's the hidden secret that few people take advantage of, but that makes all the, all the difference in the world. That's, that's, you know what, I, uh, one of, it's not something I commonly say in my podcast because it's, it's one of those things in my book, but it has to do with, if you want to be an entrepreneur, work for another startup yeah, and, and learn, you know, whatever you can from them before you go out on your own. Cause like 99% of entrepreneurs mess up and they fail and they close their company down. So speaking of which, if you could go back in time, I, you know, Doc Brown shows up with Marty McFly and the DeLorean and like, Hey man, we're going to take you back in time where you can fix one mistake. What would it be? And how would you fix it? Um, you know what? I went through a phase of my life where I was going out and I was medicating to perform because I was in three different time zones at a week Oof. and I was partying at night to escape. Jesus. And I, I, would, I would clean up my behavior around that and my, and my inability to say no to opportunities. I was pushing myself into the ground 
And if I, that would be the, probably the one thing. And then if I had a second thing that I could fix, it would be uh, uh, contracts that I signed with people along the way, uh, unaware of what the contract's really, really about. Yeah. Uh, so I would have had everything checked by lawyers and kept triple copies and multiple safes around the planet. <laughs> I mean, those are really two good things for people yeah. who are listening to, to realize is number one is be healthy, right? Stay on, stay on top of things. Make sure your mental and physical health are tip top shape. And like he said, man, make sure you check every single fine print on anything you sign because you will get screwed. It happens every single day. Britney Spears is currently dealing with it. A lot of, Elvis Presley famously lost pretty much almost everything to his manager. He just signed all the rights away to his music. I mean, it's, it's pretty bad. So definitely be careful out there, people. And uh, there's always the fun part of being a coach or a black belt or, you know, an author. What, what in your, you know, in your eyes was the best part of doing what it is you do? Um, Best part of doing what I do. Uh, You know, probably the most rewarding thing has been what it's given back in terms of people calling me and saying how much their life has been transformed or people telling me that, uh, you know, they had a dream when they were a kid and now they're a professional sports star and it happened because they were in one of my programs or they bought the Island that they wanted to buy, or they repaired their relationship or, uh, you know, hearing things like that has been really rewarding. A lot of the philanthropic work that we did in uh, we helped to build a high school in Peru and worked with, uh, to get street kids off the streets in Cambodia and did a lot of philanthropic work along the way. Fantastic. And those were the things that touched me most. Wow. That's fantastic. So you're really changing the world one step at a time, it sounds like, and that's fulfilling, right? I mean, it was, yeah, that was, it was always, you know, it was, it's interesting because I, I didn't recognize how much that would touch me when I got into it. I mean, I was getting into it because I wanted to live my dreams and then I like, and I'm going to help other people do the same. But getting that feedback back, it's the feel-good things, the things that right. one would think feel great that actually do. And there's always a, the saying is um, being successful at the top is lonely unless you bring everybody else along for the ride. So you want to help as many people along the way as possible. Yeah, and, I, and I, think, I, I think that's human nature. I think people attempt to do that more and more. And you see great people that have made a great impact that attempt to share you know, the knowledge with the world and, and, and help the next generation. All right. So let's say I came to one of your seminars or I heard you speak at, at a, at a event. Okay. And I came up to you. I'm an entrepreneur, never, never ran a business. I work behind a desk at some job I hate. And I'm like, Christopher, I want to run a business, man. I want to start a business. What were the top three things you would tell me to do to succeed quickly? Find your passion where your passion and your talents collide, live there. Um, so think about pa- passion, think about talents ask yourself who are the three top competitors in the field that you want to be in and, and analyze them and know them backwards and forwards. Cause that's going to tell you what game that you're going to play. Uh, and then uh, surround yourself with great people that can help to elevate that and amplify what it is that you're doing and, and make it even more certain as you're, uh, as you're navigating that. Hope you guys wrote those down because those were fantastic tips, man. And let's say I'm one of those people who just isn't creative. I meet a lot of people who are stuck in their jobs. They don't have any ideas. They, they don't, they're not passionate about anything, right? Because they just, they don't, they don't play instruments. They're not artistic. They're not good with their hands. They're, they just don't know what to do. What do you tell those people who are unhappy with their jobs, but they want to be creative? I think that, you know, more often than not, when I've talked to people, if they say, well, I just don't know what my passion is, is that they just don't really believe that they could do what they want to do if they could. 
Um, I think that we all have those things that we have a natural affinity toward. You know, throughout our life, we've experienced something that brought us joy. And so what I'll typically do is I have processes that I'll take people back to look at what would have been your greatest moments of joy, what have been the places where you felt like you shined the most, where uh, you were most alive. And I'll help people to make those connections because I believe that they exist. We just have to get in touch with them and get out of our own way. Awesome. And I always want uh, people on my show to give some inspirational words of wisdom, some encouragement to entrepreneurs listening on, you know, what they can do to succeed. Anything you can tell my audience as to, you know, what they can do to succeed? Um, my feeling is that the most important thing is to have heart and meaning having your heart in the game. So that's following your passion, being your true north, doing what you're meant to do. Have spirit, which is the willingness to fall down four times, get up five. That, that warrior spirit is going to be essential in terms of getting to where you go because it's like uh, Harrison Ford, the actor, said, he said, the only reason I became successful is because I outlasted everybody else. I just stayed in the game, right? Uh, so heart, spirit, and the willingness to find the right guides each step of the way because the guides are going to uh, lay, out the, lay out the terrain for you. They've been the path before. Great mentors, great coaches. That's what's going to elevate your game. Awesome. I love it, man. And speaking of all of that, how can people find out what you do and more information about your events and your speaking engagements and things like that? Uh, we always have uh, free, free things to take advantage of that are coming up. I run programs where we have a free level of ticket. Just go to chrishowardgift.com, chrishowardgift.com, and you'll find whatever we got coming up and uh, you'll be able to participate. Awesome. Everybody get your free gift, man, from the coach and black belt master. You know, if I ever see you on the street and someone's mugging me, please, you know, come, come help me. <laughs> I want to see you in action. Awesome. Chris. It was a pleasure having you, man. It was fantastic. Thank you, brother. All right. I'll see you everybody in next week's episode. Thanks for listening. If you learned something in today's episode, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org. Don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, on Amazon. And if you want to dive even deeper into the world of entrepreneurship, I suggest you sign up for my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy.com. Also, you can support this podcast by leaving me a positive review and also by visiting Patreon.com slash Strap on Your Boots to become a member and get bonus material. See you in next week's episode.